Welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Taber Contreras. And today's episode, ladies, we're going to talk about damaging diet trends, what to look for, why they're damaging, and how to work towards your long-term goals while also being in alignment with the goal of optimizing your health for the long term, right? You can absolutely have the body you want. We want to make sure that you are creating the space for that in a healthy way. Fair enough? So this episode is for you if you know that you have tried many trends in the past and maybe you've seen results but then you put the weight back on and or maybe you are in a season where you're trying again to lose the weight again and you went to something that worked for you in the past but you're not getting the same results now and you feel frustrated and it's just not making sense or maybe you are just now getting to the point where you're like, okay, I am ready to be in action for myself and you're just getting started even better because this episode will help you avoid what would really work against you in your long-term goals. Fair enough? So before we dive into this particular episode, if you are newer to this podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. If you love a good God story, go check out the first couple episodes where I share mine. I will tell you, because it is relatable to this episode specifically, that yes, it is true. I am a former overweight atheist corporate girl turned fit over 45, God-loving, purpose-chasing fitness entrepreneur. And the short of it is that God, when I accepted him, <laughs> accepted him into my life about 20 years ago, he began a work in me and through me that was completely transformative. It absolutely transformed my entire life. I did end up with a body I never expected as God started to teach me how to be healthy in both mind and body. But I also transformed my life in a new level of awesome mom as a single mom at the time, a new level of competence and being able to apply that to work ethic that led to a very successful career in corporate America. And I'm so grateful for all of those experiences. And then about 12 years ago, God put it on my heart to take a leap of faith and help other women create similar transformations in their own lives. So over the last 12 years, it has been my honor to coach other women, originally through a 10-year brick-and-mortar fitness business that I um, grew with the help of an amazing team. We helped thousands of women through that. And then again, following his lead over this last year, as I closed the brick-and-mortar so that I could focus 100% in working with female Christian leaders so that my programs and my coaching can be unapologetically based on God's word, because his word is truly the foundation of creating sustainable transformation. And so with that, I will also tell you just for purposes of this episode to give you a little bit of my background, I not only became a nerd in the very beginning about nutrition and about, yes, I tried all the fad diets and I'm not here to bash any of them. There's a time and place for some of them. However, I realized that the power of food is so far beyond a number on the scale, specifically because at the beginning stages of my own transformation, my dad was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And back then, um, it wasn't as easily recognized, or at least it hadn't been for him. He got a little bit sick before. They just couldn't figure out what was going on initially. And that really turned me on to the power of food in our body. 
But then fast forward as I am now, you know, 12 years into coaching women, I do have you know, precision nutrition certification just for um, nutrition specifically, as well as National Academy of Sports Medicine, as well as I have personally invested in some of the best coaches when it comes to nutrition as I've navigated different seasons of my life in performance and in fitness. So all of that to say, I know a thing or two about this topic. And with that, I have seen so many diet trends come and go. And I will tell you that some of them, again, are useful for a period of time. But reality is, I know the heart of women is to be able to optimize health. You want to feel good. You want to have energy. You want to, yes, get the body you want. And I'm here to tell you, no matter how long it's been, or even if you've never been there, it is 100% possible. And yes, food is part of the equation, but it is not the entire equation. So I encourage you to go back and listen to the episode, Food Is Not Your Problem. We will, however, focus on food today and the aspect in which it plays. So with that, let me dive into the core underlying factor that I'm going to talk about today is when you're in an extreme caloric restrictive diet. And when I say extreme, let me kind of preface this with giving you a little bit of a uh, lesson in what your body needs First, let's understand that food is our energy source, especially as believers. It's amazing when we think about the dynamics in which God created our bodies and the tools and resources that he gave to us for us to optimize our health and well-being. Food is one of those sources. When we take food in, it's measured by calories. Calories is a measurement of energy. Our body then takes that food in and it is designed to work best when it actually needs to work to break down that food. That's when the term as a verb is referred to as metabolize. And with that food, there's a few different factors based on the type of food and there's an index called glycemic index that gives us an idea of how slowly or how quickly that food is breaking down. And there is a opportune or an ideal kind of palate to be taking in so that you can uh, regulate what's called your blood sugar. Because as your body breaks down this food, it is turning that food or turning those calories into blood sugar as part of just to make it very simple for purposes of this episode. And with that, your body's response is to release insulin and in that response, its job is to move it into either energy storage or anything that is, which is a shallow storage, or anything that's in excess of that storage gets moved on to body fat. Again, keeping it really simple for purposes of this episode. So with that, the uh, way our body designed the foods or the way God designed the food is that when we eat as close to the ground or the animal as possible, it within the right parameters. So in other words, you want to have a good balanced diet, meaning a balance of carbs, proteins, and fats. There are carbs that are going to work for you and be that energy source for you. And they're going to be what you might think of as like a time-released nutrient for your body. And then there are carbs that are fast digesting that work against you. And most of those are going to get moved on to body fat. And Carbs that are fast digesting would be things like 
anything that is highly processed or packaged that is a carbohydrate. And so breads, pastas, that's why people, um, you'll hear about them often as like they're the evil carbs or whatever the case may be. It's not that you don't ever get to enjoy them and you don't ever get to enjoy your favorite sweets. It's just learning how to build the right simple nutrition protocol and strategies that are going to work for you. So in that, there's also a second, so now you have a, like a base understanding of how the food works for us. The second thing that I want to explain is that we also have what's called a base metabolic rate, a base metabolic rate. And if you're curious to know what yours is, you, there's tons of calculators online that are free and you can figure that out. It's an assumption and it is generic, but it is going to take into consideration your height, your weight, your age, whether you're male or female. That base metabolic rate is a assumption based on, you know, if all things are relative and you're relatively healthy and, and what have you, you're going to fall into this category of those are the calories your body requires just to keep up with your normal daily activities. The factors that can vary with that is one of the things that we're going to talk about today is if you've, you know, damaged your metabolism, but then also your level of activity. Let's say, for example, base metabolic rate is 1300 calories, right? And I will tell you that my, like using myself as an example, I'm 40, <laughs> I was about to say 47. I think I'm 48. Yeah. <laughs> I just turned 48, but 48, five, like between five, one, five, two, um, my base metabolic rate is going to be around 1300 calories. That means just for me to function in optimized health, my in when I say function, I mean your ability to get out of bed, your ability to think clearly, your ability to function, uh, function and um, do the work that you're required to do is required dependent on the calories that you give it, right? So that's one factor to take into consideration. We're not talking about um, the level of work that you then put in uh, during the day. So in other words, if my base caloric requirement is 1300 calories, that's not taking into consideration whatever workouts I might be doing. And, or even if, for example, there'd be a difference between someone that maybe works and just sits at their desk all day versus somebody that works hard labor, they'll still have that same calculator for a base metabolic rate but then they would need to adjust it based on their caloric, uh, based on their requirements and their energy expenditure. Make sense? So, for example, somebody that's working physical labor, and there's factors for that too. You can go find calculators that will help you calculate whether or not it, it, what your you know adjusted base metabolic rate is based on do you have a pretty sedentary lifestyle? And you have to be careful with that because sedentary is. Most of us, most of us are working at a desk and or, you know, not very active for purposes of this calculator on a given day, right? Everything from that to moderately active, you're working out a few times a week to, you know, super active, you're working out, you're either a hard training athlete that works out every day for several hours, or you have a physically demanding job, uh, something along those lines. So those are those factors too. I know this might be sounding a little complicated. You don't need to have all of this dialed in. I will tell you that 70 to 80% of women that are 
kind of starting out in their weight loss journey or still have a significant amount of weight to lose, this isn't going to be the, the end-all, be-all solution for you. you. You will not have to take into consideration these details. It's important for purposes of this episode to have a basic understanding. So to summarize again, calories in are our body's energy source. The, our body is also then a lot of our functions are somehow impacted by what's called our metabolism. Our metabolism is not any one thing. It's an amazing network of functions that support different factors within our body and our well-being. Part of what it does is that it regulates the health of how it's breaking down food and how it is using food. So your base metabolic rate, how many calories you require, is one thing. Then you can adjust it based on your level of activity. But what's important to understand is that base metabolic rate, because even if you are um, not, whether you're active or not active, if you far, fall too far below your metabolic rate in the day, how much your body needs to use energy throughout the day, how many calories, I'm sorry, your body needs to um, burn energy throughout the day. If you fall too far below it, if you are in an extreme restrictive diet, then you are putting yourself at risk for actually slowing down your metabolism. And there's a couple other factors to consider too. So that's why it's important in understanding because what I have seen in it's the underlying theme in a lot of different products or programs lately. It's come in many different wrappers over the years where the program or the product or the service is a thousand calories or less. And for using like going back to one that I've not heard about as much lately, but HCG where it was, there's a period of time where you're on 500 calories, but you're taking the shot. So it's supposed to be okay. And, and all these things. And I cannot tell you how many people have come to me after they've tried one of these programs and it wasn't sustainable. It didn't teach them the habits that allow them to sustain a way of life, right? And so they end up gaining the weight back. A lot of times they gain more weight than what they had lost. And that is a symptom of having damage their metabolism, right? Among other things. When we know better, we do better. But when we're in these programs, there's not only are we potentially creating more harm than good for our long-term goals, but it is important to understand that if it's not something you can see yourself doing for the next five to 10 years, then it's probably not going to be a realistic way of life. Now, some of them can be used and leveraged in what I like to call a like short-term sprint, right? There's value in being mindful of your calories or um, being mindful of your food choices and how you're integrating them and or being mindful of being in a version of caloric restriction for a period of time. The challenge is, is that life or fitness and health and well-being and optimizing our health and well-being is a marathon journey, and we want to be honoring God through mind and body, right? 
And we want to be able to be functioning and vibrant and alive well into our 70s, 80s, 90s, right? And in order to do that, we have to be mindful of what we do now. So within this marathon of life, it is okay to put, uh, for periods of time, create a sprint, a short-term focus on a plan, a habit, something that you're shifting, right? Having said that, these short-term sprints, if you sit in them for too long, when there is this severe caloric restriction where you're getting only a 1,000 calories or less, or for you, there is, so let's put a pin in that, like a 1,000 calories or less I think is relatable because so many of the programs um, teach that these days, right? And then there's also, if your body requires 2,500 calories a day because of your age, your height, your current weight, and or your level of activity, but you're only consuming 1,200 calories, that's a huge deficit. And so you're asking your body to quickly adjust, and its response to adjusting is, of course, you're going to feel more hungry in the beginning. Over time, you won't feel as hungry because your body is adjusting to what you're giving it, but also when you're in that huge deficit, you are setting yourself up for a few factors when it comes to extreme caloric restriction. And that is first and foremost, you're actually slowing your metabolism down. So let's go back to using the base metabolic rate as an example. If your base metabolic rate is 1300, as an example for ease of this, and you are in an extreme caloric diet for an extended period of time, you are teaching your body that it doesn't have to work as hard because you're not giving it as much to work with, right? Remember, it works by breaking down the food that we give in. If you aren't giving it as much food, that's in part, to keep it simple, what's going to start slowing down your metabolism. It doesn't have to do the work, right? When you, over time, continue to do that, you probably will lose the hunger sensations because your body's going to give up telling you that it's hungry if you're not listening to it. Our bodies are incredibly smart. And if you're not listening to it, it's going to, over time, assume that you don't need it. And it's going to also slow, so it's going to stop signaling you for hunger. It's also going to slow down your metabolism so that it operates on fewer calories. That is not ideal for optimal health. So what then happens is, let's just say, for example, your base metabolic rate was 1,300. You've trained your body to slow down, so maybe now it's 1,000, right? Well, a thousand, and if you're only giving it that minimal amount of calories over time, what happens when you realize, whether it's six months or a year from now, that you don't want to continue to live like that? You want to be able to enjoy the holiday Christmas without blowing up 20 pounds. You want to be able to have a consistent, healthy body weight. And so you start to try and integrate regular foods back in, or you start trying to integrate a combination or enjoying your treats every once in a while, your body is going to overreact to it. Your base caloric requirement is so much lower than what it, or what you started at, right? So you then would have to go through a process in order for you to be able to enjoy regular foods again, in order for you to enjoy it based on a lifestyle change. You would then need to go through a process where you start rebuilding the responsiveness and the speed of your metabolism again. 
we have to retrain your body to in how to metabolize food. Now, not only do you slow down your metabolism, but there are other things that could be coming into play when you're in extreme caloric restriction for long periods of time. Of course, fatigue becomes an issue, brain fog becomes an issue, our brain health and our risk for cognitive de decline increases. You're also risking potential bone loss. You're also risking potential loss of lean muscle tissue, which is kind of a chicken before the egg because lean muscle tissue is part of the factors that helps drive our metabolism. There's many factors in it. Extreme caloric restrictive diets can also create hormone imbalances and our ability to um, produce certain thyroid hormones is part of that. And so there's so many things that you cannot see that are could potentially be happening when you're in that extreme caloric deficit for an extended period of time. I hope that makes sense. So what is this simple, not easy approach to food and creating sustainable lifestyle is one, understand that it is so much more than just the food that you take in. I have to continue to reiterate that. It truly is, starts with our thoughts. Our thoughts that we focus on over extended periods of time create our beliefs. Our beliefs are actually what then drive our choices. Our choices made consistently over time is what creates our habits and that our habits are exactly the lifestyle you have today. So if you want to change the lifestyle you have today, you want to reverse engineer that and start with your thoughts, right? In addition to that, because your thoughts ultimately are what drive the food choices that you have and or how you respond versus react to emotions and all of it comes into play with optimizing health and being able to create this healthy lifestyle and foundation. In addition to that, the food is, is as simple as eating as close to the ground or the animal as possible. The reason that's not easy is because some people have misunderstandings as to what that is because packaged, processed food, fast food, all the easy, convenient things are not part of as close to the ground or the animal as possible. And our food industry has so uh, manipulated so much of the food that is available in grocery stores that it is confusing and it can be confusing. Labels are confusing, all the things, but it really is as simple, not easy, but simple as eating as close to the ground or the animal as possible. And then in addition to that, it is not so much about cal calories. Truly, when you're eating as close to the ground or the animal as possible, what I have found to be true is that most women struggle to eat because if you have previously been on a diet of packaged, processed food, and when I say diet, I just mean your, your, your choices. Sorry, I'm not clear on that term because they do intermingle in my, the way I speak. So I, when I say diet, usually I just mean your choices in food, right? If you have long sustained a diet, a, a nutrition choice of eating a lot of packaged, processed food, um, breads, pastas, or eating out, those types of things, your body has assimilated to that, which is, again, those things are fast digesting in your system, which means your body doesn't have to work as hard, which is part of the reason why people gain weight. But in addition to that, when you shift from those choices to as close to the ground or the animal as possible, you're going to be getting a lot more nutrient density within your food. So packaged, processed, fast food, easy, convenient, all of that is high calorie 
but not high nutrition density, where as close to the ground or the animal as possible is very nutrient density, nutrient dense and very filling, right? And so that in and of itself is going to be a shift. So when you're truly eating as close to the ground or the animal as possible, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of hard to overeat. Your body is going to naturally tell you, okay, I'm full. I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm done. It's the battling the, you know, getting away from that response of craving sugar and craving the packaged and processed foods that is the challenge, right? So knowing that and eating the right foods, getting your mindset right, and then also being physically active, right? I, this is a different episode, but I'll talk, um, you can check out the upcoming episode about my analogy for kingdom fit and the cake analogy, right? Because workouts are a piece of it, but it's actually not the most important piece of it either, right? And so, But physical activity is an important factor. We just got to be mindful and start moving more, okay? I'm not going to go into that too much in this episode, but I hope that this episode was helpful because one of the things to circle back for a second is that each time to go to specifically address if you are in that situation where now you're trying to lose weight, you lost, you did something. One of the programs that is caloric restrictive or maybe it's, you know, food group restrictive and that wasn't sustainable. So you went back to your normal way of eating or what had been normal for you and you've put some weight back on. Now you're trying to go back to the thing that worked in the past, but it's not getting you the same result because every time you go into this extreme restriction, you're starting at a new lower baseline. And eventually you run out of runway, right? So using that example of if your base metabolic rate, and we're not talking about taking into consideration your activity or anything like that, if your base metabolic rate is 1300, but you've slowed it down because you weren't feeding at the 1300 and you've slowed it down to a thousand, hypothetically, now how do you take away from that, right? You, you run out of runway. So when you try to do what you did before, you're starting at a compromised state compared to where you started that plan before. Or maybe you've even decided to switch plans and change it up and you're trying a healthier method than what you had tried in the past. It's still going to be the same challenge in the beginning. And I wish there was a one size fit all to heal your metabolism and work on that, but there really isn't. If you want to connect with me, you can at Rebecca at RebeccaTabbert.com or you can go to RebeccaTabbert.com forward slash Kingdom Fit Academy. We can chat and see if we're meant to work together and what might be the next best step for you. Because if you are in a situation where you've been in extreme caloric for a long time, it does become, it does require patience and methodical process and being able to trust the process while you're getting a healthier metabolism and still able to see the results you want. Make sense? So I hope that that is clear. I thank you for being uh, hanging in here with me and listening to this episode once again. I was going to say, I think I thank you for being just such a uh, treasured listener. I do not take your guys' time lightly. I appreciate every single time that you jump on and listen to an episode. If you are finding this, either this episode or the podcast in general helpful, I would just ask that you do me one favor, and that is to leave a review on iTunes. By doing that, if you could do that one thing, not just the, you know, click the five star, but then leave a quick review, that helps uh, iTunes say, okay, this has valuable insights for people. People care about this. And what that then does is it 
allows iTunes to naturally send it out to more women who may also be helped by this just like you. So again, any questions, comments, thoughts? I know this is a really big topic and I'm trying to do my best to keep it not extremely long and keep it practical as well. So if there's any follow-up questions, feel free to email me at Rebecca at Tabert.com. I'm sorry, Rebecca at Rebecca Tabert.com. Com, and I will do my best to either respond to your email and or uh, create a follow-up episode. Talk soon, guys. Love you. Bye.